0: mission to Oceania. However, listeners in East Asia may continue listening on the following shortwave frequencies. 6110, 7230, 9565, 9760, 15160, and 15425 kHz. You are listening to the radio. WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, bringing you music from around the world.
1: T. Hetzel. You've got Living Writers on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Today I'm so happy to have in the studio with me Grace Jackman. Grace, welcome to the program. Oh,
2: thank you. It's fun to be here.
1: <laughs> and thanks for mixing in with us. We've got text engineering, um, so it was only appropriate that you chose a Hank Williams <laughs> right. number to lead lead off the show. Um, and I should say that it's by the magic of radio of course, you guys are listening in, but you can't see us. But we're actually in a different studio today. Um, so we're, we're where all the DJs are, are spinning the tunes. And so it's quite exciting. We've had a, a living writer's field trip <laughs> with Grace Shackman um, and Tex here. So um, before I go any further, let's see. We've got Grace's books. Ann Arbor observed selections from then and now uh, this was published by the University of Michigan press in mm-hmm. 2006 Grace. right um, so we've got this one um, on the table with us we also have images of America Ann Arbor in the 20th century of photographic history um, and grace this was 2002 was it uh, probably let's see I've got mm-hmm. the notes Yep, oh. 2002 with Arcadia publishing um, We also have the most recent Hot Off the Presses, Old West Side Historic and Architectural Walking Tour. Um, And so this is, Grace, why don't we start with that? Because it's the most recent one and we can tell folks about the upcoming event. I I
2: thought you were going to start out asking me about the music I chose. Oh, well, (laughs) why did you choose that song? That is, that... Thanks for that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, right. I know you're the interviewer, right?
1: No, but I, I mean yeah. this is going to be hilarious because you're often you're, you're always interviewing people this is true. all the this time. Is true. So I'm not used
2: to being in the other in the other <laughs> side and I'm not used to the spotlight, but um but the, this is song is not biographical.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. You just want to clear that up. Well, I did see in your intro that that your husband has actually played like a very important role in all of your like your right. your writing and your work. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> right. But um I remember hearing seeing on a TV program about Hank Williams that one of his backup players said um You know, all these problems, you know, because Hank Williams drank and all this. But he said, as long as we were up there on the stage and playing your cheating heart, it was all okay. (laughs) And I I knew what he meant. But for a long time, country music was like my guilty pleasure. Why guilty? Well, people thought it was sort of, you know, unclassy or something, I guess. What? (laughs) But I think I got into it because when I was a kid, my parents sent me to bed way before I was tired. Mm. And I had this little bakelite radio, it's probably real valuable. This white radio about this way well, people can't see it, but what about eight inches? Like a small inches. toaster. Yeah. Small, small yeah. toaster. Yeah. And I would take it into bed with me and have it as low as I could. And of course, I had good ears when I was a little kid. And I would listen, I would get from some faraway station, I think, the um, Opry. The, the, um... Oh, really? Yeah. Because where did you grow up, Grace, I actually? Well, this was in Detroit and Lansing. This would have been Lansing. So and I it would come from the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. Like wow. Yeah, I don't know if it came all the way from the South or if it was... Or someone was, was yeah um But anyway, it, I'm, I'm reconstructing it. this from what I can remember. But I know that I like country music way before other people did. And I remember, or a lot of people did, yeah. but not people I knew. <laughs> Grace
1: was just gesturing to text because he also is like, yeah. he, he's the font of knowledge when it comes to country music around here.
2: <laughs> well, oh, I forgot. I lost my train of thought. The Big Light oh, Radio? Oh, no. Now here's the story. So I'm, I am fast forward to college, and Bill Monroe comes to U of M. Oh. And he's so not such a big deal that he's just playing in a little room in the league. And I wanted to go hear him, and my boyfriend, now husband, wouldn't take me. <laughs> so finally his roommate said, oh, come on, Grace, I'll take you. And so I went off with him to the, to the, um, to the league, And, you know, Bill Monroe comes on stage with his backup and starts singing, and then his roommate says, oh, no, this is the music I always change the radio station when it comes on. So So did he just
1: leave and you stayed, Grace? I think, you know, I don't remember. It
2: was quite a while ago. I think he stayed. (laughs) That's a good. That's but I don't think he story. changed his view.
1: Uh, well, well, Grace. Before we go any further, this this is great because I feel like this hour we're mm. going to talk about like stories about you know you mm. you as a writer, stories about Ann Arbor, um, the, how history is stories. Mm. So it's just yeah, it's, it is stories, it's right? Great. Um, uh, but from Ann Arbor Observe selections from then and now, um, the the book by uh, published by University of Michigan Press. Um, your bio here, it's really short, so we'll get back to okay. the uh, conversation right away. Grace Shackman is a history columnist for the Ann Arbor Observer, the Community Observer, and the Old West Side News, as well as a writer for University of Michigan Publications. She is the author of two previous books, Ann Arbor in the 19th Century and Ann Arbor in the 20th Century, which is really interesting because these these are photographic yeah. histories um, and But Did it start with images, Grace? Like, how were were images always a key part of your research? Yes,
2: you know, people are always suggesting, "Why don't you write about X or Y?" And I say, "Well, if you have an old photograph I can use, then I'll do it." You know, because you really the 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 then and now column, which is where which I write for the observer, it started out as a much smaller thing. It was just supposed to be a picture of something. Way back when, and a picture now, and a little text, but then you know, I started writing bigger, bigger stories, and after a while, the pictures aren't as key as as they once were, but um
1: but that was sort of the origin right, part of it right and and hence the title then and now <laughs> right
2: but I mean, this book was because that's Arcadia had this formula, they still have this formula, and uh, where they have you get you get you get a ex you get a certain number of pages. And all the pictures have to be horizontal or vertical. I think they they have a different name for a landscape and portrait. Yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, very good. Well, you're a writer too, so you know I had to choose which which ones and how many to put on each page and and write the write the captions. But it was it was a fun project and probably less daunting than if somebody had told me to write write a whole book. I thought I could do that one. And so
1: so that was and you. And you use the Bentley muse, uh, right.
2: library. Oh, the okay. Bentley is a treasure house. We're so lucky in Ann Arbor to have the Bentley. So are, you must be like a regular there. Grace. Oh, yeah. They all know me. <laughs> That's true.
1: Uh, what, well, let's see. I actually promised that we were going to talk about this. And then oh, I sort okay. of somehow got away from it. Um, Though your this is your latest publication, and it's an upcoming the Old West Side Historic and Architectural Walking Tour. Um, Grace, can you tell us a little bit about this this upcoming
2: event? Right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you first about the tour. Is I write for the Old West Side News, and for a while there, I was every now and then doing a stretch of the walking tour. You know, I, I sort of would go from this page from this street to this street, and then a later issue from another street to another street because there wasn't enough room and in one issue. And then there was always this plan that someday we would publish it as a booklet, but you know, somehow it never happened. But now it has. (laughs) But now it happened because I ran into somebody who I very much admire, a great layout person, Mike Savisky. I ran to him at a wedding and we were just talking and I thought, wow, if I could get you to lay it out, you're the best person I can imagine to do it. And I asked him into my Happy surprise, he said, sure. And he lives in the Old West Side, so... Oh, so it's all in the family. (laughs) Right, right. So, I mean, he did just a beautiful job there with the different colors and the layout. And Gatescraft Press always does the Old West Side News, and they printed this. So they, um, both Gatescraft and and Mike Savisky did it for a very reasonable rate, you know, because they believed in the Old West Side and the project.
1: Oh, great, yeah. And Gatescraft is, I love them as printers. Yeah. They've, they've... Um, I've worked with them in the past, and they're they're great. Oh, we've got an incoming call, but it's not for us. Okay, great. okay, <laughs> just the oh, I yeah. see. <laughs> we won't be taking calls today, callers.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Um, so, so Grace, on June 29th, you're actually going to bring this book to life, though, because you're inviting people to meet you um, in, in front of Ba Elementary and Jefferson Market right. and start this walking tour. Yeah. Is that
2: sort of what's. Yeah, that's where I start th- this walking tour because it seems like a key place in the OS side. It's got the school, a church, a market, and then factories right behind it and residential. Right beyond it, so it's, it's yeah. sort of a good starting point. You can see a little bit of everything that was making the right, the exactly. old
1: west side tick for so long. Is that church was is it a? Could you remind me, Grace? Is it a Methodist church
2: or what? It started as a German Methodist, but it's now it's it's like the Mormons, but they didn't go to um. Oh, okay. Utah, the reorganized Church of Latter day Saints. Oh. something, But not Mormons. But and I think okay. they just changed their name to Church of God or something. I only
1: asked because it seems like the Methodists were key at a certain point. I think when I was reading your article about the Underground Railroad oh. in Ann Arbor observed.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> Okay, good.
1: <laughs> See, I've been learning a lot, yeah. Grace, thanks to you. <laughs> But so are you sort of, is, it, is,
2: it, um, is anyone welcome to come to oh, this yeah, walking yeah. tour yeah, on June figured 29th? Yeah, we figure if a lot of people come, other people can also lead sections of it. So, okay. you know, we can break into groups. And um, it'll be at, starting at 2 p.m., right. everyone gathering
1: Sunday, June 29th, ninth. Right, 2 and it won't be
2: the whole tour, it'll just be a subsection of it. But we will end up at the end point of this tour, which is the Washoe Dairy.
1: <laughs> so that's, um, and everyone knows... That's everyone's, one of everyone's favorite places on the old west side, I think. I know it's mine. And thank goodness now that the road is... Is oh yeah, ready Madison for you guys. Yeah,
2: total wreck. Yeah, <laughs> you won't
1: be leaping over ditches and potholes. It's yeah. Right. Um, well, so today on the program, I'm so happy to have here uh, talking with me in the studio, Grace Shackman. Um, Grace is the author of books like Images of America, Ann Arbor in the 20th Century: A Photographic History, um, also in the in the 19th Century, mm-hmm. your other book. Yeah. Um, and uh, most recently, Ann Arbor Observed, Selections from Then and Now, and also Old West Side Historic and Architectural Walking Tour. Where can people find this if they don't make it to the tour, Grace, um, this, this book?
2: There's, a, there's also a, a little ceremony at Bill's uh Yeah, let's, yeah. we'll start with that okay. in the next
1: quarter. Okay. Um, okay, so stay tuned, folks. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. I'm T. Hetzel, Living Writers Today. Grace Shackman we will be back. We've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel. Today, Grace Shackman is here in the studio, and we've got Ann Arbor Observed, Selections from Then and Now, um, the Old West Side Historic and Architectural Walking Tour, and Ann Arbor in the 20th Century of Photographic History, and the 19th Century of Photographic History on the table with us, Tax Engineering. And Grace chose all the songs for today's show. Grace, what's this, what was, what's this Rod Stewart Amazing oh, Grace song? Okay,
2: first let me in the finish. Mix. I did not prepare enough for the written part, like favorite passages from my books and stuff, but I did think a lot about this music as I was thinking about what to use. That makes us happy. <laughs> so, so first of all, to finish the last one, I was going to say country music is no longer a guilty pleasure. My present guilty pleasure is the sound of music. <laughs> Oh, you mean the, the the
1: musical, yeah, or the the movie? Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> wow. You, so you flip things around. A lot of kids come. You know, people come to that as kids. And, yeah. You know. Well, when
2: I was when it was a big hit, everybody made fun about it, fun of it, and rolled their eyes. And my husband called it the sound of mucus. Oh. <laughs> and so when I actually got out of the library and watched it, I loved it. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Yeah, it is. I mean, what's not to like? <laughs>
1: Well, I'm surprised. Then, well, now, oh, see, I'm going public in, with this. I know. Well, yeah, you're
2: you're brave. You're a
1: brave, woman, and and I guess I am now too. Thanks a lot, Grace. I wasn't, <laughs> right, I wasn't, wasn't even prepared to do this, but um, but you didn't pick any Sound of Music songs though for no, today's show.
2: No, I didn't. It's not right. too
1: late, Grace. We can find one. We can go out on the Sound of Music if you'd like. Um, but but right before the break, we were actually talking about um an an event that's even closer than the walking tour and. I'd like to say, on behalf of all of us um, in in Ann Arbor and the Old mm-hmm. West Side, it's especially, um, congratulations, Grace oh. Shackman, because you you deserve to be like the citizen of. The year, um, and this oh. is an award that you're going to be receiving um, in for, yeah. in a ceremony, right next Wednesday, June 18th.
2: Yeah, is it a Wednesday or a Thursday? No, I think it is a Wednesday. Right, <laughs> I think it's a Wednesday. <laughs> I better show up for it.
1: <laughs> and, and people can go to the Old West Side um, site website uh-huh. and kind of see these. You can see yeah. these listings there too and it is it's actually this year it's in 2014
2: and (laughs) yeah i'm going to be totally embarrassed because i'm not into i like to be on the other side asking the questions or adding the awards or whatever but it it is very nice of them and i'm surprised how many people read the old west side news because a lot of people have mentioned to me even people that don't live in the old west side but that's a place where they'll be passing this tour out. They pay. They published this. They paid for it. The, the Old West Side um, a walking tour. Walking tour, and, yep. and they'll be passing them out to people who are there. So that's the way to get it.
1: That's one way, and then to come to the tour itself.
2: Yeah, that's and, another way. And they'll maybe still be at literati.
1: Maybe at the bookshop. There'll in still town be some left. I don't know
2: what, what, or the, or what the plan is. The yes. Old
1: West Side Bookshop might be that a good be place perfect. for some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's a friend of the show, as as is literati. Yeah. Great yeah. great people. We're so lucky to have. Yeah, I like some Jay bookshops. and Marilyn
2: are good friends of mine. So I'm. I'm all for their store. Oh, uh, Okay, but back to this being the citizen okay. of
1: the year. You can't skirt this so quickly, okay. Grace. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this it's and it's kind of important to say it's the inaugural right. award. So you're the you're the first one, um, right? And I think it, you've done s- such a lot for Ann Arbor for the people's knowing the stories and the mm-hmm. history of the place. Thank well, you.
2: Well, I think what I'm going to say, if they make me say something... Yeah, yeah, we can do a dry <laughs> run now. It's <laughs> something about how neat it is to write about local things and have so much feedback from people. It's really fun, both of the Observer and the L. S. I. News. I write an article, and then I see people all the time that I just run into, you know, who are friends and acquaintances, make comments. I mean, some of them just say I like the article, which is fine. Any writer will take that. But um, the best thing is when they have some new information to add or you know say something about some part they liked or something so i, I have and, a lot and, more feedback than i than i probably might have if i get published if if i got published in a more prestigious um journal or something
1: is does this does this lead you to ne- the next stories grace sometimes when people will say oh
2: yes yes uh,
1: What's one of the? Can you like? What does anything stand out to you of one of the the oddest or one of the well, things could, you followed it up? Yeah,
2: I'm also got this thing where I don't look back very much. I'm mm-hmm. always looking forward, or I'm always into the story I'm writing now.
1: What are you writing now?
2: So I just finished an article that's going to go in the OSA News about the Side has a homes tour every year, mm-hmm. and they and for the homes tour they always have a business, mm-hmm. one business and and six homes, that you tour. So the business is called the Argus Farm Market or Argus Farm Shop Stop, and it's going to be where it used to be a gas station on the corner of Liberty and Second. Oh, okay. So it's it's been fun. Talking to the people doing it and finding out how they're that's kind of an interesting challenge to change a gas station into a farm market, yeah. Because that's just happening in the next month, right? Yeah, Where yeah. they're doing the transition, yeah. Well, they're hoping to open by the end of August, I think it's still a lot of work to do. From your book, yeah. um,
1: I think the Ann Arbor uh, in the 20th century was it? Is it true that there used to be a gas station across
2: from Angel Hall, yeah? Oh, yeah, the stapler station, yeah, yeah, very nice. Um, with a um. Enamel panels and everything, yeah. Yeah, there was a street that went through there, where it's now, you know, the the plaza and everything between... With the cube?
1: Yeah, yeah. Which leads us to your most recent, your June publication in the Ann Arbor Observer about the...
2: Oh, wait, I keep... What I was going to say is what this is leading me to. Oh,
1: okay. Is... I'll make a
2: note. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that um, now as I write this article, I'm thinking... There must be a lot of things I could find out about the gas station that used to be there. There must be plenty of people around yes. that went to it. Maybe the owner is still alive. I don't know. or you know. So I'm going to write at the end of that article, if anyone knows more about the gas station, please let me know. Or anyone listening now, please let me know. And it might lead into some interesting stories about. And, Grace, how could people contact you? Oh, either. I'm in the phone book. Okay. So by phone. Or my email, GM, like the car company, Shackman, at net. I, it's GM, not G, because my um, nephew Gene Shackman took G Shackman away from me, or he took it first. You know, he he already had G Shackman, so I have to put my mill initial in there.
1: So, GM Shackman yeah. at Comcast dot net. If people have information stories about the the old gas station on Second Liberty,
2: exactly. It was the an uncle and a golf at different times.
1: Oh, this is great! I, I when I came here for school, um, mm. for for grad school, Grace and I often thought maybe, maybe if you know, I could I could get a blue jumpsuit and work at the corner gas station. It just seemed like a nice way to <laughs> right. pass the time. But it was never functioning when oh. when I was here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, you're been too young. Of, it's
2: probably or, you were like when people were, were doing self serve. Um,
1: oh you mean for the gas station attendance yeah yeah but in oregon you oh. always have an attendant oh. so anyway, is that listening they think it's safer there. or something no, I think it's a way of providing jobs in Oregon State, oh. I think. Oh. I think. Good thing we don't have calls in because yes, there could be lots of corrections <laughs> happening. Right, right, Better they tell you quietly when the show is <laughs> On over. On the side. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Grace, we did want to talk about um, your latest article in the, the June edition of Ann Arbor Observer about the beginning of um, office space, right. as we know it, with the cubicles, um, And did you want to read us part of that article, um, just to sort of get a sense of your prose?
2: Well, one thing I I like, I always look for is when I'm talking to people, is humor. I I love, you know, to be a little bit funny because that's ironic or whatever. And um, so there's a couple of paragraphs here that I I think are sort of ironic. (laughs) I think I marked them. Okay, um... This is this the fellow um, Robert Probst, P P R O P S T who invented the um, cubicle. Actually, even though he he didn't like the idea of a cubicle, he he came up with a with the idea for for doing the um, office system, but then he let the um, the head designer at Herman Miller actually do it, and it really didn't turn out like he wanted it to. So I write about that what what um he and and his right-hand man thought of it it was nice looking but but too expensive and didn't work kelly recalls that's his, his right-hand man still alive it was a pain in the neck to put together and not easy to work in but though it didn't sell it did get some good reviews and for and for 4 years later herman miller replaced it with action office too okay wait i got some more here Oh, wait, it's not the part I thought I had. Oh, well, okay.
1: I like the name Action Office, too. Yeah. I was laughing at that as a, yeah. sort of like the, the tag name for the...
2: Yeah. Um, DJ and Hugh Dupree, this, those are the owners of Herman Miller, asked Nelson and Popes to collaborate, but they never got along. When Nelson received an award for, oh yeah, this is the part I was looking for. Okay, when Nelson received an award for the first iteration of the action office, the one I just explained, he didn't even mention Probst, even though it's it idea. When a model of the action office was sent to Charles Ames in California, he sent it right back without comment. The feelings were mutual. Probst thought Nelson and Ames were more about aesthetics than problem solving, and they thought his stuff was so ugly, who would want it, explains Malcolm. He's the guy who was my main source here. Okay, and then somewhere I say here that that it did get an award from the Alcoa, uh, an Alcoa award because it was made of aluminum, but I can't find that part it.
1: So it's award-winning.
2: Yeah, right. So, so watch out when you see something advertised as award-winning—you never know. Yeah, but the thing, the the interesting thing about this is that and you know all these Dilbert cartoons and everything. When Probst developed it, he wasn't thinking in that at all. He was just thinking of something that would work better. Before that, offices just were rows of desks, open desks. I've seen pictures. You probably have two, with you know maybe a telephone in each desk and maybe a wire coming down for a for a light bulb or something. So there's no privacy and very little room to store anything. So the idea of having these panels, then you could have shelves or pictures or you know, later computers. It it was really worked pretty well, but. But probes thought of it as more of an open thing. You'd have a little privacy, but it still would be open. He wasn't thinking of the cube that you'd feel like like a rat's maze. Like sort of try, yeah, yeah.
1: I and I think you like in the article. There's even a, a graphic that explains
2: like what his vision yeah, was and right. how it was different. Right. And then when the article came out, somebody from Herman Miller um, emailed um, John Hilton, the editor of the Observer, and he sent him some. Um, videos to show what they're into now. And they're actually in Herbert Miller into what everybody's into, which is these very open offices. In fact, I'm wondering if they're going too far, you know, where you don't even have a desk. You just sit on the couch if you feel like sitting on the couch or sit at a table if you feel like <laughs> sitting at a table. So it, it's good for... Um, you know, collaboration and all that. But sometimes you just have to be alone and work.
1: Yeah. And have your own space sometimes. Yeah, well, just I've asked a that space
2: bit. question and they say, well, we, they have lockers. But that's not the same. You,
1: as- yeah. Can you squeeze? You'd have to be a contortionist <laughs> to make any use of that. Have yeah. Time. you reach
2: for your <laughs> pencil. And stuff. of course, you're with a computer. I guess you don't need a pencil. But yeah, it's funny how these things go in go in waves.
1: And, and knowing history, that yes. you're you allowed to see how these waves and cycles yeah. are happening.
2: Well, right. what I found this interesting, too, is when this started happening, people hadn't even thought about offices very much. Mainly, I talked to a, um, another guy still alive who worked with this, worked with him. He was saying how offices were just sort of attached to a factory, sort of like an afterthought. And they hadn't thought about how to make them um, usable, you know, how you should. probes really started thinking, well, if you're doing this and you're doing this, where do you want? these things to be so that you can do it. I like the idea that he was like this
1: hero of problem solving. Yeah. That's what he was interested right.
2: in. Yeah. I have a quote there. I think something to the effect, if you can define the problem, you can solve it.
1: Yeah. Let's take a short break. You've got living writers. I'm T Hetzel today. Grace Shackman is here. Um, we've been talking about her latest article mm-hmm. in the Ann Arbor Observer and also her book, Ann Arbor Observed selections from then and now. We'll take a short break and be right back.
0: I wanted a girl, or should I say she wants me?
1: got living writers i'm t hetzel grace Shackman is here in the studio um, and we've got text engineering for us today uh, grace's book ann arbor Observe, selections from then and now and uh, also a reminder about two upcoming events grace Shackman is being awarded the inaugural old west side citizen award and the reception will be next wednesday june 18th at 7 p.m at bill's beer garden um so, get yeah, get there at 7. The ceremony will be at about 7.30. Um, and then Sunday, June 29th at 2 p.m. at Ba School, um, Grace Shackman will be leading the Old West Side Spring Walking Tour. Um, so you'll see some, hear some stories about the history and the architecture of the Old West Side and uh, end up at Washtenaw Dairy for an ice cream cone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably
2: be the biggest draw <laughs> <laughs> Work up, work up an appetite for the ice cream cone. But, but
1: do you feel like because of your? Well, actually, let me let me ask you first about the song. Yeah, tell
2: us about why you chose the Norwegian Wood. Okay, well, I have two songs that both relate to my kids, and um, the this Norwegian Wood, I the beetle the Beatles. Everybody loves the Beatles. How can you not love the Beatles? And it's not even a guilty pleasure. Right. <laughs> It just makes sense right right and i like norwegian wood because it really showed when they started changing to being much more interesting than <clears throat> than just a pop group <clears throat> but i have this song i have something from the beatles because of my son and then i'll explain another piece that i have because of my daughter my son when he was a uh, a preschooler he he watched cartoons in the morning like all preschoolers do on tv and there was a show about the beatles it's not Yellow Submarine, but just a regular show. But they had the four characters, were the four Beatles, and you know they did things whatever you do in cartoons. And he was watching it, and I told him, well, they were real people in a real group, and he hadn't known that, so he got real excited, and we played some of their records and stuff, and and he got really super into them. And then somehow he got us to buy him this book that had all the Beatles songs, a black cover, and he would be listening to the songs, and looking at the page that had the the song was on, and that's how he taught himself to read. Like, kids, everybody learns to read by somehow making the connection between what they're hearing and what they're seeing, but he did it that way with the Beatles. So the Beatles have a so have there, a soft part. So there's a tip for, for parenting out
1: there, right. too, for a teacher. <laughs> right, let, let them do what they're Child interested in. to read, in. And, or let them do it. Yeah. <laughs> it. doesn't have to be the Beatles, yeah. but it could be. That's wonderful.
2: But It's a Wonderful World It's going to be the song we play that ends this series, this interview, but I won't have a chance to talk after it so I wanna mention it too now. So Giving My Daughter Equal Time. I've always liked that song, but I've always loved it since her wedding because she chose it to be the song that, that they played when she and her, well, now divorced husband did the dance that you know, when <laughs> and our engineer today is the person who played it. He was the DJ at her wedding.
0: I've actually even uh, I've I've dj other weddings where that was the song, and it's so interesting, you know, that people pick this song from several generations before they, you know, they don't pick the Beatles or they don't pick, you know, the Ramones or or, or Rihanna or whatever. Uh, but uh, but I, I'm not sure what it is about that one, except that it does kind of take you into another world,
1: and it makes you feel hopeful too. Yeah, I, think, I mean, it is. all and yeah. appreciative.
2: Yeah, at a wedding, you're really into, um, you know, optimism. <laughs> it's an act of optimism to get married, I guess. Well, one of one of our uh, our
1: engineers for Living Writer, Stephanie, is getting married um, to Don this coming September. So maybe mm. maybe Stephanie and Don will also have this in the, the oh, yeah, repertoire. Right. The,
2: w- what a wonderful world. <laughs> and I should also say an interesting thing about Jim is I was a big fan of the Down Home Country Show. Yes. Be- before I knew he did it. I mean, I was listening because you to him didn't from, know him as Tex; you knew him as yeah, I knew Jim him from, Mannheim. I knew him at the Observer, mm-hmm. and I listened to the radio show. And one day, when he was announcing it or something, some somehow he mentioned his last name at some point. Uh, you know, the voice, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but it was kind of funny, so I liked the show, even if I didn't. I don't like the show just because you do it. I liked it anyway.
1: Because of its quality. Yes. And it's in, it's gosh, and this show endures, doesn't it? And, oh, yeah. And, and, and Bob also, his work on it. Well handled
2: no. Bob. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. <laughs> <him>. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, And right. Chad this... Williams.
2: I once did an article about him for the observer. Did you know him? Or I did I don't know gone. him. No. Yeah. But cool. one.
1: it's kind of wow, Grace. Yeah. You know everything, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you used to do a radio show. Tell us, this oh, would be yeah. a good time to talk about that. I think.
2: Yeah, this was. You know, the, the fun thing about writing is you just meet so many different people, and particularly history is ev- everything has a history. So you know, the, the, you never run out of subjects. People say to me, "How do you, how do you think of subjects?" I have a whole list of subjects. It's just a matter of finding the time. Right. <laughs> but for a time there, I, I don't even know how many years. I had a regular gig on the Ted Heisel show, and I don't know if everybody remembers, he, he was a, a disc jockey, or what do you call it, he had a talk show on Wham!, and he earlier had one on WPAG. In fact, he thinks he might have invented, well, he's, he's, no, he's no longer with us, but he thought that he probably invented talk radio. He was one time um, doing his thing, and he thought, well, what do people think? Why don't you call me up and tell me? And the you know the phone started ringing and and pretty soon he <laughs> oh you mean so he sort of
1: invented encouraging people to call in yeah. and then he talked to them on the air
2: yeah yeah so
1: wow. so what he, year would that be Grace can we put a year on it no okay. I mean we probably can Heiser. but I don't yeah. know well that could be another project
2: <laughs> yeah no I might have even written it somewhere but I don't remember I'll stop my hand okay. the, but you the, the, WP I can tell you this. Because I know from this other article I just wrote, the WPAG started after the war, World War II. They wanted to start before, but then they had to send their radio equipment that they'd bought to North Africa. Oh, but then after the war they started WPAG, so um, it was after that.
1: Yeah, everything was part of the war effort. Wasn't right, it? everything just,
2: just stopped. But anyway, he used to have me on every now and then, and then he he asked me if I would just come. We had something like the the third Thursday of the month. or You know, we had a schedule. And I would bring a subject, sometimes something I was trying to write something on, or sometimes just anything, you know, that was sort of interesting to me. And then I'd announce it, and people would start calling in. And he liked it real well because he had his usual cadre of people that called all the time with the liberals and the conservatives. But this would
1: be different callers. Right,
2: right this this was people that don't usually call and you know th- something like one room country schools that people were all calling and talking about their one room country schools or the um the industrial baseball league there used to be people that worked in in factories had these leagues that were not not maybe not semi professional but really pretty good they would even be allowed to play practice on company time cuz the company wanted them to to win, to win. <laughs> yes And they would go to different cities and play. And so, boy, that one was real popular. Somebody even called in from Florida. And this is when long-distance radio was... I mean, long-distance telephones were expensive. Yeah, yeah. But another time I had this... I said the topic was stained glass... I remember Ted rolled his eyes like, <laughs> "Who's going to talk about stained glass?" But then they were coming out of the woodwork. They were, they were, and it was because I was writing this article about St. Andrew's Church, oh, and I was getting into their stained glass, so I was thinking about stained glass. So, so yeah, people called, and later somebody even sent me a card with a picture of stained glass from her church, a church in Detroit. So you know, it was all great fun. Oh, and you know, oh, I'm on this <laughs> this roll. Um, one time I talked about um, civilian life in World War II. I wondered what it was like to be just living your life, you know, with rationing and all that. Mm. And then, um, oh, what's his name? Now I'm going to have a senior moment. Um, Romanoff. He, he, he was really, he had another, Philip Roman was his name, but he ran Romanov, the, the um, restaurant. And he called up and started talking about civilian life in Germany which I thought was very brave of him because, yes. you know, we were fighting Germany. Yeah. But he was talking about, you know, how many... And of course it was dreadful in all the all the privations they had to put up with. And he said, we didn't even have gas for our cars. We would cut wood and people would burn the wood and make some kind of conversion to power. I, I don't... My husband explained it to me when I got home. But anyway, um, after after he hung up, and that was interesting in itself, somebody else called up all excited. He said... Oh my gosh! He said one time when I was in the army, and and he, and he and his brother were hitchhiking, and they got picked up by somebody because they wanted somebody to cut the wood and put it in the <laughs> to keep the fire going. So he they and he the said he was,
1: was doing the same thing, the U.S. Army. No, no, he, this or, was a
2: German who picked oh, him up. Oh, that, oh, okay. When he was hitchhiking, but um, he said when he got home and told people this, they thought he 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 was wasn't just making serious. It up yeah, <laughs> but but now he saw that it was for real.
1: The power of radio. Right. And stories. Yeah. And telling them. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks to you, Grace, for for doing this and telling so many uh, stories and it makes me think you should you should have another show where you do this oh, yeah. regularly. It does. It do, we'll we'll talk yeah. about that later. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. We'll bring it back. Yeah. We'll revive I, I will play the role of Ted Heisel.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: that would be fun. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> okay. These are ideas
2: that shall not be soon forgotten. I don't know that the CBN listeners, are <laughs> go back that far in time. I think we've got all, all
1: ages and yeah, okay, our good. listenership is, okay. is strong and wonderful. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before, let's take a short break and then we'll come back. Today on the program, Grace Shackman is here. We've got her book, Ann Arbor Observes Selections from Then and Now. Um, I'm T. Hetzel. We'll be right back. Oh, so Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, glad you did. You've got living writers. I'm T. Hetzel. Today, Grace Schachman is here
2: in the studio. Grace, why did you choose that song? Okay, well, this is a song that has a really good memory for me because I'm real involved in the Tubig and Ann Arbor Exchange.
3: Oh, in Germany. In Germany. Yeah,
2: our sister city. And it all came out of my writing because I, in the old west side, was used to be a, ger- a German neighborhood. So I started writing most of my early articles were about people close to me in, in the oldest side and then I, I branched out to the city and then the county. But so when, when they were celebrating their, the 40th anniversary of the relationship, it started in 1965, it's an outgrowth of people to people. President Eisenhower evidently suggested this, that, that we should make friends with our former enemies. So we chose Tubigan and also Haikone in Japan so 10 years ago it was um the 40th anniversary and they asked me the people in, in um the person in um to organizing it asked me to come and give a talk on germans in ann arbor so i went it was great fun the mayor came and the city manager and josie parker from the library and you know it was and, you know, it's just so much fun to see another. And it's a college town. Yeah, it's beautiful.
1: It's it, beautiful. Did you take a gondola down the river? Yes, we were did. Were you you've attacked by swans? No. <laughs> <laughs> the swans are mean and too mean.
2: <laughs> but, oh So you've been there. <laughs>
0: Briefly.
1: Oh,
2: but yeah, it really has been a really nice thing in my life for the last 10 years. I'm really involved in in um in it and participate in several exchanges now. And we're, we're gearing up to plan something for the... For the 50th. Yeah, that, that's next year. Well,
1: Wow, but anyway, well, if you need any other
2: people to go okay.
1: along volunteer, maybe Tex will volunteer.
2: <laughs> but why I chose the song, The first time I went, it was our visit was tied with a some sort of city festival, and people were different bands were in orchestra different musical groups were playing in different venues around town. And we ended up at the place where my host's husband and and son were playing in this jazz band and they, and somebody sang a version of St. James Infirmary that just, oh, I, that, it's another song, like It's a Wonderful World that you know, but it just, you know, yes. you hear it at the right time, and you go, wow, is that a nice song? And I How asked, amazing. Yeah.
1: That, that is part of, like, healing and, yeah. and bridging differences. Oh, yeah. Differences.
2: Yeah, and then I asked how, um who was singing it, and it was a stringer from Stuttgart who <laughs> covered, uh, covered Tubigan. But yeah, so I you know, I, ever since then I I've, I've loved that song. But at one point we ended up at some gathering where it wasn't just us and the Germans, there was also del- people from the Russian, their Russian sister city. And um who's another enemy of ours? <laughs> it seemed like there was a fourth one.
1: Was it Japan?
2: Maybe I I'm just thinking the Russian, but um okay.
1: But they were translating things in
2: several different languages.
1: Well, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. What an experience, Grace. Yeah,
2: yeah, it really is and was.
1: And so I'm glad these songs have been, at first, Grace, I'll just tell you everyone a little backstory. Grace was like, I don't know about picking songs for the show, you know, and then you really got into it. It,
2: Yeah, like when I started thinking the personal thing, I'm thinking, well, I'm not a musicologist. I I can't tell you too much about you know, like Tex tells such wonderful stories about the um, country music he plays and bluegrass. But,
1: th- but these songs are, are part of the stories of your life. Yeah, and I guess they-
2: everybody's life, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's a good idea of yours to have people bring them. Thanks. not <laughs> 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 know what
1: to say after that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, Grace, let's talk about some of the research that was has been tricky. Just a, one, one moment, because it was funny when you said you went on TED's program and people uh, would call in. Yeah. I was thinking, what a boon for research. Because oh, then you yeah. had suddenly all these leads and all these things to follow up and in, people to interview, perhaps. Oh, yeah. And, and what, Well, when well, I
2: started doing this... It took every inch of nerve I had to call up these strangers, you know, and say, "I'm Grace Shackman," and I'm, you know. And of course, when you're sort of nervous about it, people aren't as nice as if you go, Hi, I'm Grace Shackman," you know. If you <laughs> right, <laughs> right,
1: but but now you just call people up.
2: Well, I still get a, a little nerve. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, you have to get beyond being nervous and just be. Oh, I hope this person can tell me X. Oh, I got to call this person. You know, when you get into it, then then it's fine. But you got to get past that point where you're can hardly wait to get hold of so-and-so to ask them because they're sure they know this or that that you're looking for.
1: And was there something where it, it was kind of difficult, like something that you were sort of on the trail of or some piece that you felt like you might have needed?
2: And with the research, was yeah. there anything? the or- thing is I've learned to, um, that, that there are lots of ways of approaching things. So you really have to take what you have and make it a story and a story that says, well, it is not known what happened to blah, blah. <laughs> is boring you just you don't say that you just say what there is known because um that's what you know and the thing is with with local history a lot isn't known for for instance people you know people write if people are a general in the army they write their memoirs or a president but if you're just a regular person being a blacksmith you're not going to write down what it's like so you know at some point you just have to go with what the Sundays tell you or what you can tell from the pictures but you are you know a lot of things you're just never going to get the whole story but you, you you at least have what you know and go with that
1: and are there parts like that you find like stories that when you were in them grace and researching them that they they sort of you were so in it that they wouldn't let you go in some way oh yeah
2: I'm always like that oh you are okay <laughs> but then when it's over if people ask me questions like you asked me one W when Ted Eisel invented PA, talk radio, then I it's gone. People you tease are on me. to the next thing, yeah, aren't right, you? That's right.
1: that that that's then obsessing you in yeah, some way. But
2: yeah, when I'm in, I'm real I'm real obsessed. So I mean, I suppose more some than others. But you know, I always like when I did the article on the Frank Lloyd Wright house in Ann Arbor. I got real interested in Frank Lloyd Wright, everything about him. You know, I mean. It, it all it once you know sort of one house then it gets sort of relevant comparing uh, comparing other houses so did you go and see
1: the houses around
2: oh other, yeah i always yeah. do now or when i did the chelsea high school was um designed by yamasaki the same guy who did the um um world trade center before he did the, you know, before he did the World Trade Center when he wasn't so well known, but then of course that got me real interested in Yamasaki, and he has some gorgeous buildings on Wayne's campus that you just wouldn't believe how gorgeous they are, but I hadn't you know really paid much attention until I did the Chelsea High School. That, so one thing does
1: sort of it's uh, yeah. like the unfolding. Yeah, of I, the, the stories. Yeah,
2: I laugh like some people when they're talking, they say, "Well, yeah, I once read an article about X." I'll be saying, well, I once wrote an article about X. <laughs> of course, I remember as badly as I remember the, I think it said in the article I read, I say, well, I think I wrote that blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and Grace, your grandfather was one of the, the storytellers
1: in your life that sort of seemed to ignite this oh, yeah, passion. You, you know,
2: we've just been talking about it because I went, I visited my daughter in Boston and there's actually a home near Salem that my great 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 I don't know how far back lived in. It's still like a museum or something. So we've been sort of looking into, remembering stuff that he's told us and stuff. So he was a homesteader in Oklahoma. So we looked up some papers that he did some reminiscences. He, he homesteaded his parents in the Cherokee Strip. Talk about embarrassing. <laughs> Except it's not my fault. I always, When people talk about like... Um, slavery i think oh no my family always lived in the north they didn't do slavery but no he he was he He was sort of displacing yeah some families then yeah Yeah. i mean he was just a kid when it happened but his parents weren't i mean but yeah he he used i used to just marvel at his story about how he was just maybe 12 and every is the way my grandfather told the story other people had all their belongings in their wagon and, the, and their family and everything. And they, when they, you know, they, they, they set off a gun and people could go in and do their claim. Right. At a certain time. So, but my, my great-grandfather had chosen the spot ahead of time. And when the gun went off, he just went in a, his horse and straight to the place, you know, alone. Because he had already
1: sussed it out. Really. Yeah.
2: He didn't take the rest of the family or anything. He just went there. And then he put my... My grandfather on the site, or this is a story that's come down anyway, he had my grandfather wait there with a gun and a dog. <laughs> so, to protect the Yeah, the so Ann. no one else would, would claim it while well, he ran off to do the paperwork or whatever. <laughs> it's,
1: it's Life is so different now in Ann Arbor, oh, isn't it? Oh, yes. Like, yes. And I know that was Oklahoma, but but yeah, but still. And yeah. when did your family come to Michigan, Grace? When was
2: well, that the... that's a strange story too. I, I, the, of course, I I'm not into genealogy because I'm doing everybody else's, but um, but yeah, I know my immediate story is mm-hmm. my my father in the '30s. He was in college and became a socialist because you know the world was in such bad shape, right. and my mother's a socialist too, and that's how they met. He went to CCNY and in the in New York and that was a big hotbed of you know liberalism or beyond liberalism. And so when he when he got done with college he wanted to devote his life to socialism, so he joined the party and everything. and they sent him to Detroit because they thought there was going to be a revolution in Detroit. And what year was this, Grace? Well, it must have been in the late 30s, before the war. Mm-hmm. And um, of course the the um, instead people in Detroit formed unions. They didn't rise up and have a revolution. And um, yeah, and he was involved in some of that. So he, he most of his career had things to do with labor. He worked for several unions and then ended up in Washington with the Department of Labor. So that's how I got to Michigan. That's why I was born in Michigan.
1: And then came here for school to the yeah. University of Michigan, yes. Grace? Yes, I love the University of Michigan. And then master's at Eastern?
2: Yeah, you, you read yeah. all the stuff,
1: yeah. <laughs> and what was your
2: master's in? Because
1: I, I didn't oh, know. History, history. It was in history. Well, <laughs> yeah,
2: the, the master's was interesting because here I was, a, a young mother stuck at home with two little kids and going out, you know, being kind of bored and um, for any, you know, stimulating things. And I started going to night school at Eastern and it was really nice. And and I could s- I could really get into things that I couldn't when you're an undergrad you're just trying to do the least amount of work for the best grade. And you keep can get. going. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. But, but then you yeah. were
1: writing you you found a love for writing papers then, yeah. right? The- yeah,
2: yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I wrote the papers and I got so in you know, it was the beginning of all this. I got into the papers because I had plenty of time, read all the background stuff. <laughs>
1: Grace, it's been so good talking with you today. Thank you so much. I, before we go, I just want to remind everyone about the, the oh, two upcoming you. events. Yeah. So, um, so everyone, um, Wednesday, June 18th, that's next Wednesday at 7 o'clock at Bill's Beer Garden. Um, let's all gather there to celebrate uh, Grace Shackman um, winning the Old West Side Citizen Award, um, the inaugural old west side citizen award and uh that's seven o'clock june 18th in bill's beer garden um and then on sunday june 29th at 2 p.m at bas school um the old west side spring walking tour um with grace uh leading the way and of course as we were saying ending up at washtenaw dairy for an ice cream <laughs> I can't think of anything better. (laughs) Grace, thanks so much for being on the program today.
2: It it
1: was a lot of fun. (laughs) Come back anytime. Okay. Anytime. And thanks to Tex for engineering. Yes. Thanks to all you out there for listening. Um, I'm T. Hetzel. Oh, remember, Ann Arbor Observes Selections from Then and Now, um, Grace's book, and also um, Ann Arbor in the 20th Century of Photographic History. Um, I'm T. Hetzel. You've been listening to Living Writers. Until next time.
0: emergency and it can affect every one of us that's all i can tell you right now but we're trying to get things under control in order to do that we have to clear this area immediately so please go home and stay there we'll keep in touch with you through your radio station now be careful pulling your cars out of this area go home slowly and quietly just keep calm everything's going to be all right
3: Six o'clock, you're tuned to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. It is time for the Drive Time Polka Party. Are you driving? Maybe you're skating. Maybe you're polka dancing. My name is Kristen. I'll be here with you for the next hour. Trying to stick to a theme of drinking and eating and polkaing. You would think, maybe you wouldn't think. Maybe you know better. I thought that there would be more polka songs about drinking, uh, but in the half hour that I was checking through the records. I don't think I found enough for a full hour, so I expanded my theme today, so you're going to listen to tunes about drinking and eating, which is what you're probably about to do right now if you're not doing it already. Maybe you're going out to the bar, drink a beer. This is Punchik, starting off our eating and drinking theme, poker party today. Get yourself a Punchik.